All right, let me have your attention. Let's go ahead and get started. Um, get more than Thank you, Bowen. My name is Jason Sterling. I am the campus minister with RUF, and it's hard for me to believe, but tonight actually begins my 10th year in campus ministry. Um, I was at I was at Sanford University in Birmingham uh, for six years, and this is my fourth year at the University of Mississippi, better known as Ole Miss. And as I, you know, anytime you have something like a decade in campus ministry, it brings reflection. And one of the things that, as I reflect on uh, 10 years of being on the college campus, the thing that I love most is you. Really, the best part of my job is getting to hear your stories and getting to know you and hear how God's at work in your life. And the reason why I say that is because I want you to know that there's way more to my job than me getting up here on Wednesday nights and talking about the Bible. Yes, that is part of what I do. Um, But even more than that, I want to get to know you. And so I say that to say, please come up and introduce yourself. Um, And if you ever want to get together, I would love that. And I can't promise I'll have all the answers. But what I can promise, hopefully by the grace of God, that I will really listen to you. Um, Some of you, I realize this is your first time to an RUF meeting, and there's lots that we could say. But let me just say this, and we'll talk a little bit as we go in the coming weeks about kind of what RUF is and what we do. But this is what I want you to hear. Wherever you are tonight, whether you're convinced of Christianity or whether you're unconvinced, maybe you're struggling with doubt and skepticism, or whether you're struggling spiritually, or whether you've never been better spiritually. Wherever you are, we want RUF to be a place where you feel safe. We want RUF to be a place where you can ask questions, where you can find community, where you can feel loved and appreciated for how God's made you. That's really the longing of our heart. And more than anything, we want you to see Jesus. We believe he's the one that really is the only one that can help us. So that's a little bit about uh, who we are, and we'll talk more about that in the coming weeks. But if you have your Bible, please turn with me to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation, the last book of your Bible. If you're not already there, look on with a friend, look on a phone, look on the announcement sheets if you've got one of those uh, in front of you. Uh, one of the things in RUF that we do is we just normally march straight through books of the Bible. Uh, and we rotate between Old Testament and New Testament depending on the semester. This semester, we are in the book, uh, we're in the New Testament, and we're going to look at the book of Revelation. And what's interesting is over the summer, you know, one of the questions I get a lot is, what are you going to study in RUF in the fall? And I'll say Re- Revelation, and the response is, uh-oh. <laughs> the response is an audible gasp. And you get this pause and funny look. Why is that? Well, people don't know what to do with this book. Which is why we're going to study it this semester. By the grace of God, my hope and prayer is that after this semester, that revelation, that your Bible won't be just Genesis through Jude, but that revelation will be put back in your Bible. And that maybe in some small way you can understand what has happened and what is going on in this book that we're going to study this semester. And in order for that to happen, we need to pray. We need to ask God to help us. So let me pray for us. 
Father, we call on you now at the beginning of this semester, and we're coming from lots of different places in this room, loneliness already, homesickness already, people not getting along with their roommates, people not wanting to be here, uh, people struggling, people that have already gotten bad news. Lord, uh, but on the other side, some of us have been waiting for this day and this time in college for as long as we can remember, and we're so excited to be here. Lord, wherever you are, we need you to convince us that whether we're doing great or doing poorly, that what we need more than anything else is you. We need to see Jesus. And so through this study, this semester, more than anything, will you show us Jesus Christ in all of his glory. And through that, would you change us? We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever had a time in your life where you expected one thing and instead you got something totally different? Something totally different that left you afraid, that left you confused, that left you wondering what in the world is going on in my life and what in the world is going on in the world around me. Because I can't make sense of this. You ever been there? Well, the Sterling family was actually in that place a week ago when we sent our five-year-old, Ann Wright. I've got four girls. I'm a father of four girls, all under the age of nine. Yes, pray for me. Um, <laughs> and our five-year-old, Ann Wright, we sent her. She's in kindergarten, so she's going to school for the first time. And we had decided, Susie, my wife and I, had decided that the girls would be car riders in the morning and they were going to be bus riders in the afternoon. And we were going to put them all on the bus on the way home. So first time to school, first time on the thing, the big yellow school bus. But we actually felt okay about it, and we expected things to go very, very smoothly. And here's why. Well, because the school ensured us that the teacher would walk her, our five-year-old, to the bus. Not only that, the bus goes to the other schools first, and so her sisters, her older sisters, would be on the bus when she rounded that corner up the steps and looked back and saw all the people. She would immediately see her sisters, and they would have a seat saved for her. But we went above and beyond. We actually put Ann Wright's uh, school bus number on her hand. Number 39 as she walked out the door that morning. And trying to be good parents, we're at the school bus stop that afternoon and the bus pulls up and is unloading and we're waiting to give our girls a hug and off comes Kate, or Otis. Off comes Elizabeth, our second. But no end right. And Kate, my Otis, is visibly shaken because she doesn't know where Ann Wright is. Because she thought her parents had come to pick her up. And mom and dad, our heart actually sank. And we were confused. And not only were we confused, but we were afraid. Because we didn't know where our girl was. And so we're thinking and reeling and trying to figure this out in the midst of our confusion. And we made two phone calls to the bus shop and to the school. And in a matter of about 20 minutes, we had found Ann Wright, she was safe, and we had figured out that she was on the wrong bus. <laughs> Things did not go as we expected, and it left us confused and fearful. But think with me just for a minute. Get into the shoes of a five-year-old. 
And think about a five-year-old walking up that bus, those bus steps, expecting one thing, but getting something totally different. Rounding the corner and not seeing a soul that you knew. Listen, fear and confusion probably doesn't even begin to describe the way she was feeling on the inside. But here she's safe. The funny part of the story is this. That night, I'm talking to Ann Wright, and I said, you know, did you cry? How did you feel? And she said, you know, Daddy, I really wanted to cry, but I didn't cry because we had a boy bus driver. <laughs> and she says, I don't cry in front of boys. <laughs> Listen, I know it's different. But at some level, every single person in this room has been there. You've been in a place where you expected one thing and got something totally different and it left you trying to make sense of life. It left you trying to make sense of what was going on. It left you confused and afraid. For example, you fall in love. And the person that you think you're going to the altar with suddenly loses interest in you. Or maybe it's this semester and within the first week of school you were so expecting to come back and reconnect with your friends and you expected everything to be exactly the same but it's not and things seem to have shifted and you find yourself in some way on the outside looking in or at least that's how it seems in this moment. Or maybe you come to Christianity and you say, yes, I'm going to follow Jesus and all my problems are going to be solved and my addictions are going to, going to go away. And tonight you find yourself and it seems like your addictions have a stronger grip on you than they ever have before. Or maybe it's your family. And the family that you thought was the perfect family and would never come apart and would be together for the rest of your life well, suddenly you get the phone call from your parents and they say that we're getting a divorce. Maybe it's med school and you expect to be a doctor, but yet you don't get into medical school. Maybe in three weeks during rush, you expect one thing and long for one thing and instead you're left confused and afraid and frustrated because things don't go the way that you thought they would. And friends, in that moment, it feels like a punch in the gut, doesn't it? And it leaves you thinking, God, are you out there? Are you here? Or are you asleep at the wheel? Because it sure seems like it in this moment. Have you ever felt that way? If you haven't felt that way, trust me, at some point in your life, you will. You will feel afraid and confused because life will make no sense to you. And if that's the way you feel, you're in good company. Because the book of Revelation is written to people that are confused and afraid. It's written to Christians who gave their life and decided to follow Jesus and they thought that things were going to work out for them perfectly and that they were going to live happily ever after. They expected one thing, got something totally different because instead of that, they find themselves being disrupted economically. 
They're actually watching their friends be martyred. And they're wondering if they're going to survive. And the question they're asking is, how in the world do I make sense of this? And you know what the author of this book, John, does? The author, John, gives them the letter of Revelation. And he says, this is how you make sense when the world seems so chaotic around you. Now pause for a minute. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? Who in this room would go and say to a friend that was confused and fearful and say, hey, here's the book of Revelation, read it. None of us would do that. But listen, there was something so sweet, so good in this book And it didn't necessarily change their circumstances, but you know what it did? It actually changed them. And it caused them to have such a stability and security in the face of chaos and fear and confusion when life didn't make sense. And so here's my hope. If it changed them 2,000 years ago, my prayer is that it might just change us this semester as we study it. The book of Revelation changes us by revealing two things. A new perspective and by revealing a person. So if you're an outliner, those are the two points. Quickly, let's look at them. Look at verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ. And I just want to look at that word revelation for a second. The word revelation actually comes from the word apocalypse. And when we hear the word apocalypse, we think zombies. (laughs) We think um, uh, something really scary, something unknown. But if you dig a little deeper, the word actually means reveal. This is very important. It actually means to reveal something, and the Word gives you the image of pulling back the curtain in a movie theater and looking at what's going on behind the scenes, at what's really happening. In other words, the book of Revelation is not given to us to conceal, but it's actually given to reveal. And what that means is that it's not a secret puzzle. It's not something that we need to kind of read the tea leaves and figure out how to interpret it. No, it is a book right from the beginning that is meant to be understood. Secondly, it's even better. Look at verse 3. Blessed is the one who reads and hears this book. Friends, revelation is never meant to cause you stress. It's never meant to make you feel more anxious or worried or spooky or whatever it is. And if we walk out of, that, out of this room on Wednesday nights feeling those things, then we've missed it. Because the book of Revelation, John says verse 3, is given to bless us and to comfort us. And it totally makes sense, doesn't it? Think about the context. Remember who he's writing to. Would you give someone who is struggling with confusion and fear, would you go to them and give them a book that would ramp up and enhance their confusion and fear? No! 
We would never do that. And John doesn't do that. So what is John doing? Here's what John is doing in the book of Revelation. He is coming to us and week after week after week, John is going to tell us things are not as they seem in the world. And he's going to pull back the curtain. Remember the word Revelation. And he's going to say, let me show you the world as it really is right now at this very moment. John is going to pull back the curtain and say, let me show you the spiritual world. The world that is even more real, just as much real, if not more real than the physical world that you can see and hear and smell and touch. And John is saying, let me show you that so that that will go down deep into your heart and recapture your affections and actually change the way you live today. How does he do it? Well, he does it through giving us a picture book. That's what revelation is. Look at verse 1 again. The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave him to tell, to explain, no, to show you, to show the servants my oldest daughter, you'll learn, I tell lots of stories about my girls, number one, because I love them, number two, because they're walking illustrations, and number three, got to use them all before they get too old and they don't let me. So, I love my girls, but my nine-year-old, if you know Kate, she is absolutely obsessed with One Direction. She loves One Direction. She thinks Lewis has the best hair in the world. So... We've downloaded all the One Direction songs and she can sing every lyric. We've got the One Direction movie. She can quote every line. You go to her room. She's got two One Direction posters hanging on her wall. And not only that, she has a One Direction pillowcase. <laughs> Why? Well, she loves One Direction and she wants you and me to love it too. So much so that if you were to come to our house, and some of you have experienced this, she wants to put on a song and dance and sing to One Direction. Or she wants to watch the One Direction movie. Or she says, come to my room and let me show you the One Direction poster that I have hanging on my wall. Why does she do that? Well, because she loves One Direction. And she wants you to experience that same kind of love. And so she's saying, come into my world and I want you to see things the way I see them and experience them the way I experience them. And we laugh and yes, it's funny, but even though she's nine years old, we really don't outgrow that, do we? No, think about it. You come, home for, come back from the summer. You come back from a vacation. You come back from a semester uh, overseas. And you want to tell stories. You want your friends to enter in and to experience what you experienced. You want people to laugh with you. That's why you want people to listen to your favorite songs and listen to your favorite bands and watch your favorite movies and read the books that you think are great. Why? Because you want to draw them in to experience those things with you. You want them to see what you see. That's revelation. That's what John is doing. John is saying, I want you to come with me and see the things that I see and experience what I experience. And he's not trying to explain it to us, but rather he's trying to invite us in so that he can show us 
through pictures and images with the hopes that they would grip our heart when we see the way the world really is, that it would reorder our life and cause us to live differently. In other words, listen, the book of Revelation is not meant, and the goal is not to amuse you. The goal is to move you and to actually change your life through images and pictures. Revelation does not come to you in the midst of your confusion and brokenness and struggles and fear and say, suck it up. Get with the program. Don't feel this way. No, Revelation comes and says, and you'll see this all over the book. Revelation comes and says, come with me. Look. I want to show you something. You who are full of fear... You who can't shake your addictions. You who feel like a mess. You who are struggling with a broken heart and are frustrated by your life. Things are not as they seem. And what John does is pulls back the curtain. And he says, come with me to Revelation chapter 4 and let me take you into the throne room of God Almighty. And, I, and when you walk into the throne room, he says, let me show you that the throne is occupied. And God's not asleep at the will, but He is ruling and reigning over this world. Or we get to Revelation 19, and, God, and John says, let me show you a man riding on a white horse, wearing many crowns, with a sword coming out of his mouth, And tattooed across his thigh is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now, does that ensure that you get into the Greek house of your choice? No. But does it reframe it? Absolutely. Does it take away the pain of a broken heart? Does it take away the pain of the of a death of a loved one or someone very close to you? No. I wish it did. But does it reframe it? Yes. Friends, this semester, if we will read and listen to this book and be captured and have our imaginations revived by these images, it will reframe the way that we look and see the world and particularly the way we see things going on in our own lives. That's the first point. Revelation changes us by giving us a new perspective. And quickly, Revelation gives us a person. Look at verse 1 again. The major point and the most important thing to understand about the book of Revelation, as again, is found in verse 1. Notice how John begins. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Many people think he's given us the title. That's not the title. John is giving us the topic. It's important because here's what he's saying. The main agenda of the book of Revelation is not for us to figure out a chronology of the end times. The main agenda of the book of Revelation is to show us Jesus and for us to be captured by Him. What is needed most for confused and fearful people? Jesus. 
What is needed most for you in your first week when you're smiling on the inside, but on the in, uh, sm- smiling on the outside, but on the inside you're very lonely and you just want to get out of this place called Ole Miss? What is needed? Jesus. It's not, I need to be more disciplined tomorrow. It's not, I need to come up with a better plan for my life. Or I need to make better friends. Are those good things? Yes, absolutely they're good things. But Revelation comes and says what we need most is Jesus Christ Himself. Look at verse 4. Grace and peace from Him who is and who was and who is to come. Think about how you feel right now. Listen, it can be described probably in lots of ways, but one word that probably is not used to describe what's going on inside most of you is peace. (laughs) Because some of you are thinking, am I going to make it here? Am I going to find my place here? Or am I going to be a nobody? Am I going to get with the right group so that I might feel significant and valued and have worth? Friends, that is not peace. That's misery. And painful. First week of class, you get this thing called a syllabus. And I almost can guarantee when you looked at that, it was not peace that came over you. Instead, your stress level went through the roof because you're thinking, oh my goodness, I've got to do all of this by the end of the semester. And not just in this class, but in four classes. That's not peace. And then you looked at how you're graded and you're saying, that's not grace. <laughs> that's merit. And yes, it, all, it, it might appear that they, those things offer grace and peace, but what you know deep down is it's all about working really, really hard because if you don't succeed, then you're a failure. And Jesus comes to you tonight, and He comes to me tonight, and you know what He does? He says, i got something far better. i got something way more beautiful than that. Jesus comes and He says, I will always bring grace and peace to you. Jesus comes and says, I will bring grace to you in the midst of your failures and mistakes. I will always bring grace. I will bring peace, Jesus says. I will give you peace to be okay with who you are. I will give you peace to miss a workout. I will give you peace to be yourself and to meet new people without the fear of being rejected. Robin Williams, you know, that's been big news in the past couple of weeks and in the days surrounding his death, I was reminded of a movie of his called The Fisher King. I don't know how many of you have seen that. But in the movie, he actually plays a homeless man and he's a homeless man that's mentally unstable. And he is actually, he's been stalking this woman. Yeah, this illustration is creepy, but hang with me. He's been stalking this woman because it's also kind of beautiful as well. And he finally gets up the nerve to ask her out on a date. This woman, however, has totally jaded towards men. She's bitter towards men and has no confidence at all. And towards the end of the date, uh, Robin Williams, the date is over and she says, Just stop. Because I know what's going to happen. You're going to come in. We're going to have a few drinks. 
We're going to sleep together. We're going to wake up the next day, and it's going to be awkward, and you're going to leave before breakfast. But I'm actually going to, at this point, feel pretty good when I go to work because I'll hope that you will call. But you're not going to call. And when you don't call, I will be feeling once again like an insignificant small piece of trash. And so let's just don't go there. Because I don't want to go through that again. And it's this incredible scene because Robin Williams, you can see this really pained look on his face. And he says, you don't understand. I don't want to come in. I don't want a a one-night stand. And I have a confession to make. I love you. And I've loved you for a long time. And I know everything about you. I know that you hate your job. I know that you're lonely and only have a few friends. I know that you feel awkward. I know that you had, it takes you two tries to get in your car at lunch every day. I know that when you come back from lunch that you always stop and get a jawbreaker. And he says, I know you. And I love you and I want to love you forever. Because I think you're the greatest thing. Listen, yes, that's creepy in real life. (laughs) But it's actually a great metaphor. Please hang with me. This is it. It's a great metaphor for Revelation. And here's why. Because Revelation comes and says, let me show you Jesus. And at first glance, remember things are not as they seem, but at first glance it seems that when Jesus knows everything about you, that he's going to turn and run the other way. But remember, things are not as they seem. And Revelation comes and show and pulls back the curtain and says, let me show you the real Jesus. Let me show you the Jesus that comes to you tonight and says, I know you. I know your insecurities. I know the things that you feel shame about. I know the things that keep you up at night. I know the things you blame yourself for. I know your confusions. I know your questions. I know your doubts. I know your struggles. I know your skepticism. I know all of those things, and I choose you because I think you're the greatest thing. Friends, that's amazing. Some of you, this is your first time to RUF. What is RUF? We are a ministry that week after week after week, by the grace of God, I will stand up here and I will hold high Jesus. Why? Well, because that's what we need the most. Because He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the giver of life. And so here's my prayer and hope, is that you'll come back this semester. And that you'll come as the book of Revelation reveals to us the beauties and the wonders of Jesus himself. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this incredible book.